Coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, the depth chart is out. What it mean for a player? We'll talk to you about that with LaShawn Daniels. It's game week preparations ongoing for the Hawkeyes. Week zero is in the books. We'll get LaShawn's thought on Nebraska doing Nebraska things once again. And Tyler Goodson, he has been cut by the Packers. What does that mean? And we'll go back and maybe not the fondest memories for LaShawn. All coming up on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Trent Condon. He's LaShawn Daniels. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day available wherever you can find podcasts and also available on YouTube where you can see us each and every day. Give us a follow and click that subscribe button on YouTube as we try to push to a thousand followers uh, before we get to the Michigan game. LaShawn, I, I put that up there a little bit for our listeners and for our watchers out there. Need to get to a thousand subscribers by the time we get to the Michigan game. You think that's a realistic goal? Yeah, for sure. I don't see why not. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. They love the Hawks, right? So come on, we need we need some more some more fans, people listening in, and subscribing is a great way to do that. Absolutely, you'll get that notification each and every time. We're ready to go here, talking Hawkeye. So, Lashawn, a little bit of a problem yesterday as we started the podcast. You were in the podcast, but secondly, your Wi-Fi was also out, so we had a little crappy connection. So we decided just to push it today. So thank you for your flexibility and a lot of things certainly to talk about. Yesterday, I went deep and talked a lot about what is happening with the depth chart, you know, what we see, what it comes out. We'll get to that with you in a moment. But before we kind of break down what you saw from the depth chart yesterday, I want to get your perspective as a player. You know, when you guys, when you saw that, when it came out, is it posted in the locker room? I think of my favorite, one of my favorite college football movies, the program, first team defense. You know, is, is that what's happening here? Fill us in what, what the depth chart means to an actual player. Uh, yeah, so no, it's definitely not like that. Uh, <laughs> for the most part, like it's not really, I don't think it's actually posted anywhere. Hmm. Like I'm a complex, uh, or at least it wasn't when I was there. I mean, who knows? Maybe they, maybe they changed it and they do post it around, but no, it wasn't usually posted. I mean, for the most part, basically everyone, everyone knew like if they were going to be like, if they were the starters, right. Or if they're with the second group, I mean, it just basically how it went in practice, right. With practice reps, right. You, you have an idea of the guys that go out there, um, when they say like first team's up, right. And then when the second team's up, like you, like the guys, they just kind of know, like, who goes there and like this is something like it's probably been already been de- been determined like for a while like i'm sure these guys like already knew this for a while it's just something that they they put out like ahead of the game just so um you know the media and everyone kind of knows like what people are going to be in and what places so um it's not that too big of a deal um to be honest especially as a player like and for the most part if you are on the travel squad meaning that home games like you head to the hotel or away games right you're on the flight and everything like you know that there is a possibility that you're going to be in the game on saturday so you still have to prepare prepare the entire game week as if you're going to be the guy that's starting um so it really doesn't make that big of a difference to a player because i mean you never know when you could be in that's good yeah and it's interesting so 
the depth chart, what it means, probably means more to us in the media and trying to figure things out. Uh, any takeaways from you? No changes at the quarterback spot. It was Petrus listed as a starter. Padilla's as backup. Gavin Williams, a starter at running back. LaShawn behind him back there. One of my big takeaways is, of course, no Nico, Nico Regani. We've talked about that foot injury that he's dealing with right now. And walk-on Jack Johnson then jumps in uh, to the backup spot behind Arlen Bruce. I'm still waiting, though, about Keegan Johnson. And what we're see, we didn't see Nico Regani listed. We know he's dealing with an injury. Keegan Johnson certainly has missed a lot of camp with his injury. I don't know. Do you anticipate, if you're on that depth chart, even if you're dealing with an injury, did that say anything to you guys as a player that, hey, we think you're going to be able to give it a go on Saturday? Yeah, uh, I would say usually like if you're on the depth chart, like they're pretty much anticipating like, yeah, like they'll probably be able to play. Okay. Um, come come game day. Um, I, don't, I don't think, right, Coach Ferentz is the one to to play around too much like yeah. with the depth charts, um, things like that. But uh, yeah, usually if you're on the depth chart, like usually like they're expecting like, hey, it'd be good to go like or at least in some way, shape, or form, even if it is limited steps, right? They still, like, if you're on there, like, there's a probably, like, a high probability that they're expecting them to be able to be ready to go for, for game day. Good stuff there. So it is game week, and, and we've talked about you know, the evolution throughout camp. We talked about what it's like when you're sitting there in the hotel for the two weeks of camp. Then you guys get ready. You get to finally leave that hotel. You go out. You get back to your dorm or your apartment or your house, whatever it is. And you go through that. So now we're finally at game week. What is this like for a player game week? You know, you're going to be able to finally hit somebody in a different color Jersey and a different helmet. You're finally going to be able to do those things. You're sick of seeing each other in practice every single time. And now you're also implementing what the game plan is like. So that week one game one, you guys took on some pretty good FCS opponents. I remember uh, during your tenure also with the Hawkeyes. So what the buildup is and getting ready finally to play that first game. Yeah, so for starters, the first game is always like really, really exciting, right? No matter who the opponent is, right? Just because, as you mentioned, right, you finally get to hit someone else, right? You actually get to show off what you've been working on for this entire offseason, right, over the past nine months. So to be at this point in time, right, and you're getting prepared for for Saturday, like everyone's excited. And for the most part, everyone, I'm pretty sure like everyone's going to be like locked in um for for game preparation just because hey it's the first it's first game right you want to make a good first impression for the 2022 football team and going out there and coming out with the victory on saturday is a, is a great way to do it so um yeah usually everyone's pretty excited uh about getting out there and playing the game and obviously preparation is a little bit different right for the first week because you know things so like if the if teams get new coaches right you're trying to Study, you're obviously still studying the the team from from last year, but you're also like if they were a coordinator elsewhere, you're you're watching tape from where they were a coordinator at, and all these different things that that kind of play into it until you actually get some on field tape for for the upcoming for the current year. So uh, it's very exciting, very exciting as a player. But I feel like the first week is definitely a little bit more difficult to game plan for, just mm-hmm. because again you don't. You, you have an idea of what they're going to do, but you don't know exactly what's going to happen and what's got, what they're actually going to show come Saturday. So usually there's going to be a lot of adjustments um, that be that get made um, during the game and during halftime, really over the next couple of weeks. 
when we're talking about this team in the offense, we expect to see some wrinkles, some changes, some evolution out of Brian and the rest of the offensive staff and trying to, to move things forward. As we go through this and we look at what they're dealing with right now at the wide receiver position, Deontay Vines finally looked like it was clicking for him. He breaks his wrist. He's going to be out until October. We talked about Nico Regani dealing with that foot injury. Keegan Johnson has not practiced a whole lot, if at all, here during August camp. And we're going through all these different things. How impactful is this at the wide receiver position? I mean, we talk about offensive line and, and the run game and how important it is to get that continuity with the zone blocking scheme. What about the wide receiver group when you're dealing with so many injuries? How impactful is that to try to kind of implement everything you want to do offensively? Uh, yeah, it definitely makes it tougher, right? Obviously, especially in the pass game, right? It, it does have an effect in the run game a little bit just because uh, Iowa, they do expect the receivers to be able to go out there and block and make smart decisions in the run game. But I really feel like it's going to have a little bit of an effect on the passing game, especially for the things that um, Coach Bryan wants to do. Um, so... Yeah, it's gonna. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be easy task for the for the Iowa offense on Saturday and in general, right? Just kind of preparing for for this upcoming week, right? Because you're gonna have a lot of young guys that are in there. Granted, right? With any of the guys are really uh, guys that were seniors, right? So um, you're really trying to keep it as simple as possible for for the young guys right now, um, so that they can go out there and they can play fast on Saturday, right? Because um, we've talked about it before, right? Iowa is not the most is not the easiest offense to learn, and especially in an offense where it calls on a number of different players to be able to read a lot of different things that are happening during the play and make good decisions. Um, their minds can be moving at a million miles per hour. So to make it as simple as possible for those guys is what's going to make help them play fast, um, so that they can go out there and play their best on Saturday. And then it's also going to be um, an issue kind of with the quarterbacks as well. Cause now you don't know what receivers are going to be in there. Mm-hmm. Like you don't know like their speed, like how they are, how they run their routes and things like that. Obviously like you want everyone to have similar uh, route running um, between all the different receivers. So like the timing in there stays relatively consistent, but the fact of the matter is if you have new guys in there, right. It's just going to be different. Right. Especially with guys that don't have as much experience. So um, the passing game could possibly not be as sharp as obviously we would like it to. Um, but that said, right, we still have the running backs and we still have the tight ends that play a big part into Iowa's offense in the passing game where um, Coach Brian will have to be a little bit creative and getting those guys a little bit more involved come Saturday. Well, with that, LaShawn, we're going to uh, continue here our conversation Going to give you a chance to look back at your career a little bit. Tyler Goodson, a surprise to a lot of people as he was cut today by the Green Bay Packers, what he's going through. You'll explain a little bit of that process all for the South Dakota State-Iowa game. We'll talk about that as we continue. You're listening to the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your sports betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. College football is here. They got you covered with MLB, 
NFL, NBA, and NHL right around the corner. The top online resource for all wagering information is Bet Online. Live in game betting, scores, podcasts, they have you covered. Head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening. Bet Online, where the game starts. LaShawn, with that, we uh, look at the betting line. Now, this is often far off places currently right now, not available at many of the U.S. shops, but there is a point spread that came out. Uh, it is five dimes. It's a longtime operator offshore. They have been somebody that is uh, certainly been at the forefront of sports wagering and in a place where I know a lot of uh, pros have gone in the past because he can get some big money down on that. I don't bet big money. I keep it simple. I keep my small bets. We're going to be having fun uh, with bet online and some bets here on our Friday uh, programs together each and every week. LaShawn, uh, 15 and a half is the number. Iowa favored by 15 and a half. I have my own system that I use. Uh, it's a number of different power systems along with a couple of people that I respect. I come out with the number. My number was uh, 19 and a half going into uh, when I was coming up with my number. So a little bit of surprise. And be with that, if I play by my numbers, that means I'd be laying the 15 and a half with Iowa coming up on Saturday. But certainly an interesting number there. Hawkeyes just over a two touchdown favorite against a pretty good South Dakota State team. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously it's always good to be favored. Um, and in any football game, right, tells you that, hey, we're probably we're doing a bunch of things right. I know treating everything as if, right, they're the underdogs, mm-hmm. right, as if, um, you know, the, that they have something to prove, right? Because, you see, going back to last year, right, didn't finish the season as strongly as they would have liked. Um, and South Dakota State was a really, really good football team um, in the FCS last year, right? And obviously there's been times where we've had struggles with, with FCS football teams. I mean, FBS teams all around the country have, uh, troubles with FCS teams, right? It's because first off, it's hard to win um, college football games, no matter who you go against. Um, so there's there's no taking anything lightly um, whatsoever come game time. But I would say the two touchdown, uh, being a two touchdown favorite is probably, you know, pretty accurate. Um, I feel like the Iowa offense is going to have a bunch of improvements, especially on the offensive line. And that's not going to be, be understated, right? I feel like that's going to have a pretty much bigger impact than what I feel like is talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's something that's not that hasn't been as talked about as much. And obviously, we know the defense is going to be stout. So, uh, yeah, I would say that that two and a half, that two touchdown favorite is, is probably a pretty pretty good uh, assessment. You know, the upcoming Saturday, 2015 season. You guys opened up the year against Illinois State. They were coming off a. Uh, a FCS championship game appearance. They the year they were preseason number two. I mean, there was a lot of buzz about that team. They certainly had your guys' attention. I'm going to assume you've said this before, LaShawn Kirk's not going to let you guys overlook anybody. And certainly first game of the year against a team like that. Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah. We prepared as if we were the underdogs right mm-hmm. that week. And I see coming from that 2014 season where that was not good football by us yeah. by any means. Uh, so yeah, we definitely had something, something to prove. And we felt like we had a chip on our shoulder. We had, you know, this, this hot and upcoming team, right. Coming in to, to Kinnick, right. And obviously coming in to try to pull off an upset. And, um, you know, those were things that, you know, coach Ferentz just kind of mentioned throughout the week and we prepared, we prepared, um, you know, as if we were the underdogs and we had something to prove. And then when we went out there on, on that Saturday, right. We, we played flawless on really on 
all three phases of the football game. So um, I'm sure that they're probably saying a lot of the same things throughout the building right now um, so that they can go and, um, you know, put on a good showing, right, for, for obviously the fans, but also um, start, the, start the year on the right foot. Well, that'll be South Dakota State, 11 o'clock kickoff against the Jackrabbits. We'll, a little bit later in the week, uh, do a deep dive into South Dakota State. And, LaShawn, you mentioned you know, maybe a chance for this offense to go forward. I do remember one number off the top of my head. Uh, they were in the 70th uh, percentile at the FCS level in pass defense a year ago. So maybe a little bit of hope there. We can see that passing game get off to a good start. Uh, LaShawn, I wanted to jump over to the news from earlier this morning, and that is Tyler Goodson being cut by the Green Bay Packers. He was outstanding at times during preseason. We know they got Aaron Jones. They got A.J. Dillon. And when he initially signed with them, it looked like it was going to be pretty difficult. But I know they had a young guy that was working his way off of injury. And coupled with the play that we saw from Tyler Goodson, boy, it felt like, at least from this outsider perspective, that he had a really good chance to make the team. First of all, have you had a chance to uh, talk to Tyler, text with him at all? And I know it came as a surprise to me. How about you? Were you surprised he uh, got cut down today uh, by the Packers? Uh, so I haven't talked to him. Um, obviously, I'm sure he's probably not in the best. Because uh, I see I've been there. I've been there multiple <laughs> times, right? It's not a, not a good feeling. Um, and the second part of your question, I would say, yeah, I was a little shocked um, that, you know, they did wave him. Granted, right, he did come into a pretty tough um you know, running back room, right? It's obviously, like, you obviously, like, at that point, especially with, um, you know, the two top backs that they have there, right, you're basically trying to fight for one spot, right? And then possibly another spot in the practice squad, which is still an option, right? I'm sure if he does clear waivers, right, they would probably be trying to get him on the practice squad. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he did a bunch of good things from when I so when I when I watched him, right, during the preseason games. Obviously, those are just really three practices in – addition to you know over really a month and some change of work right so so who knows what happened you know throughout the other practices and things like that but from reports that i heard obviously he was having a, a pretty pretty good uh preseason camp so yeah i was definitely a little bit surprised um that said obviously i don't think this is this is definitely not going to be the end of his NFL road whatsoever right i mean mm -hmm. there's a pretty high probability that he could get picked up on get claimed on right waivers which is for people that don't know is right it's when you get released and you get, or when you get waived and then like all the the other 31 teams have an opportunity to claim you right so you don't go, essentially become a free agent right so um get claimed right you automatically get put on the active roster and then that team has to obviously they have to cut someone else um to open up that spot so um i feel like there's a very very good possibility that that does happen for him because i mean he he did a bunch of good things right ran the ball really well caught the football well um and then showed great moves in the open field which are all things that he did during his iowa football career so um i am excited to see kind of what happens next for him but but yeah it's definitely not the easiest time as a player all right because like on cut down day, like you're so nervous and you're just like, you're literally just sitting there like staring at your phone, like for the entire day, like, like, is anyone going to call me? Like, is any, like, am I going to make it? And, and all this stuff, especially when um, you're an undrafted guy, guy like us, right. It's a definitely, it's a different, it's a different um, situation to be in versus, you know, when you're a uh, you know, 
top three round draft pick, right? You're not really too worried on cut down day. So, yeah. Well, unless you're Kellen Mond, the quarterback in the yes. second year with the Vikings. That's and he, true. That's he's going to be getting, I mean, that, that's crazy too. I mean, those stories, yeah, it's one thing for a Tyler Goodson. You know, the uphill climb it's going to be as an undrafted guy. You're a second round quarterback pick. And you're cutting your second year. Whew, that, that's, that cannot be a fun spot. So, LaShawn, no. you get that call. It sucks. You got to bring your playbook. We saw it on Hard Knocks. We've seen you know, that before. And then you're yeah. working behind the scenes. So, what, you're talking to your agent. You're kind of figuring out, all right, is somebody else going to pick you up? That's probably the best spot, right? Because you know you're automatically going to have a spot on a roster if somebody claims yes. you off of waivers. But after that process, then... Is it workouts? Is it sending tape around? I mean, what is your agent doing and what is your conversation as the player with them? Yeah. So um, basically my conversation with my agent when I get released, um, basically it was just like, you focus on working out and staying in top shape. Right. And then they'll handle the rest. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you get released, right, no one claims you and then you don't sign on the practice squad. Right. That's, that's the toughest part, right? That's where, like, honestly, like a lot of people probably start falling, honestly, start falling off after that point, just because now, now this is the first time in a very, very long time where you're not on the team, right? And now you're doing workouts and different things. You're still trying to train yourself and you're doing this stuff on your own, right? So um, sometimes agents will like help you out with finding like a place to go train at and things like that. But, um, uh, a lot of times you are training on your own, right? You're going to a field, right? You're going to a weight room, right? Whether you're working out at, you know, uh, call it like a, you know, a true training gym or you're going to LA fitness, right? You're, you have to do whatever you can, right? To make sure that not only obviously you're keeping your strength, but you're keeping your speed and your conditioning, right? Cause when you, cause then after that, right now it becomes obviously a free for all, right? The agents are trying to work. They're trying to get, you to either just get signed to a practice squad or active roster, which would be ideal. Or a lot of times um, the team will bring you in and a few other guys in, you know, um, for a workout, right. Whether you, whether you have to fly across country, right. Ever, but you have to, you have to go in and do these workouts and um, they want to see, you know, like a 40 usually, right. Obviously they do some medical stuff and then they see some on field drills, right. How do you, how you work, how you move and all those different things. And that's that's the process, right? It's it's not the easiest thing in the world, right? Because obviously, right now you're not even making money, so you're trying to do you're trying to do whatever you can to get back on that roster, so you can obviously put food on, food on the table, pay your rent, do all those yeah. different things. So it's definitely a grind, right? So this is the point in time where a lot of players do kind of fall off, where they just go like, "Hey, like this is gonna be the end of the road for me," or or they don't keep up on that stuff. And then when they get brought in for a workout, then they don't go and they don't perform at the way that they performed. Like, you know, maybe they would have during the preseason or how they performed during the combine, those, those different things. And then scouts and the GM, they kind of just look at it like, okay, like we're just going to cross this guy off our list and we're going to move on to the next guy. So yeah, that's, that's kind of the process, um, you know, from, from this point on. And obviously now like with the, with the USFL and XFL starting back up this, this um, upcoming year, uh, those players now have a, a few more opportunities to keep playing football. Cause like before, like it was really just the CFL or mm -hmm. like indoor football, which is the XFL. So 
Well, that is a look at what is uh, going on right now for all these guys across NFL camps and, and trying to figure out what's next. It's it's definitely got to be a very, very scary time, I'm sure, for a lot of these guys. LaShawn, we wrap things up, and uh, I gave some thoughts yesterday on Nebraska as they fall once again to Northwestern, the onside kick that'll probably go down in infamy in the Scott Frost tenure, up 11 Onside kick, Northwestern gets it, marches right down the field, and it was a ball game from there. Illinois, they picked up a nice win against Wyoming over the weekend, a few other week zero games. But let's start right there, LaShawn. That, uh, you mentioned earlier the 2014 year, the last time the Hawkeyes lost in Nebraska. Boy, you just look at this program, and, and it is one thing after another. Anything they can do to screw up a game, they do it. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm still just mind blown <laughs> on that decision to kick the onside kick. Mm-hmm. I get, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, wow, you got these guys against along the ropes, right? You have the opportunity, right, to obviously get another stop on defense, right, and then go down and score another touchdown. And then Scott Frost decides, you know what? This is a great time yeah. to kick an onside kick, right, while we're up 11 points. And obviously they don't get it right. Then Northwestern goes on like they score like within the next like four or five plays. Mm-hmm. And now you're back in a ball game right now. Now, instead of, you know, possibly uh, getting a stop and then um, getting a two score lead right now, it becomes a one score ball game. Um, now it becomes a one score ball game. And now you're stuck in a situation like, oh, crap, like here we go again. Right. And then lo and behold, Nebraska, um, they couldn't get a stop on defense. Right. Their run defense is very, very poor. Um, and then when they when the going got tough and they needed to make a play. Right. They weren't able to do that. So it really, really just looked like the same old Nebraska. Right. Uh, you know, some abilities that their, their quarterback was able to uh, show off. And he did some good things, but when he came down at the end of the game and it was a got to have his situations, right? Nebraska weren't, wasn't able to come through. And then obviously you saw the post game interviews and Scott Frost is talking about how the offense needs to be more creative and blah, 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 which <laughs> frankly, I just don't think it's true. No, uh, uh, at least not in the big 10 West. Right. When you look at those, these teams that compete every single year in the big 10 West, right. When you look at Wisconsin, you look at Iowa, you look at Minnesota, you look at Northwestern, even Northwestern, right? These guys, like these teams, right? A lot of the time they're able to control the trenches, right? And they have their identity and they stick to it, right? None of those teams are doing anything offensively that makes you sit there and go like, wow, like that's some really creative offensive football play calling. It's just not there, right? Those teams, they all have an identity and they make sure that they show off that identity on Saturdays. And Nebraska, uh, again, it's, it's, week after week and year after year at this point that it's always some excuses or something that that's not a uh, Scott Frost's fault. And that's really, honestly, at this point, it's been their downfall. So that's really all I've got to say about, about that game. And then obviously credit to Northwestern, yeah. right? A bunch of credit to them, um, their culture and their coaching staff, obviously they're walk, they're rock solid, right? Every single year, every other year, it seems like you're going to get a solid um, Northwestern team and, um, looks like they have some potential this year. Granted, they did just play Nebraska, right? And <laughs> Nebraska hasn't been that great. But 
um, who knows, right? They could end up being a really good football team this year. Well, it's great having football back. Great having you back as well, LaShawn. Thanks for joining me here today. We'll do it Friday. We're going to make some picks on Friday, and we will get ready. We'll be a day away from Iowa football back for 2022. Thanks, as always, for your time, LaShawn. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> back with you tomorrow with more Lockdown Hawkeyes. JC's going to join me on Thursday. LaShawn back on Friday. Plenty of sports betting and a look towards South Dakota State. We'll get ready for the Jackrabbits. All coming up on your next edition of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. Go Hawks!